I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 43 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Todd Lebow of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Thanks, Rob. But, you know, I'm feeling more like we should, you know, take off our shoes and go walk through the grass and there's a waterfall and you know, you, you mean things like that, you know, have you gone Wouldn't crazy that be better than podcasting? <laughs> have you gone crazy? <laughs> so minute 43 begins with George making violent an offer. She uh, probably will need to refuse and ends with Mary repeating herself. So we ended things yesterday where George was just taking a stroll through the, uh, the, the main uh, avenue of of Bedford Falls and uh, is getting accosted by his uh, old friend uh, Violet, who made some uh, interesting propositions, interesting veiled propositions yesterday, and he took her up on it and basically started telling her, "Let's go out into the fields and take off our shoes and walk through the grass." And she goes, "Huh?" <laughs> then we go up to the falls. <laughs> It's a be- it's a, it's a beautiful it's beautiful up there in the moonlight and there's a green pool up there and we can uh, swim in it then we can climb Mount Bedford and smell the pines and watch the sunrise against the peaks and we'll stay up there the whole night and everybody will be talking there'll be a terrific scandal <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's it's great how you know they, they never really make it completely clear if he's joking here or if he's being serious. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I, I you know, I've, I've seen this movie so many times. I've rewatched this particular minute a few times, you know, doing research for this and stuff. And I'm not able to pinpoint where where George is at this point. Is is this all a joke to him? Or I feel I feel more like it's a test almost. Like he kind of knows in the back of his mind that like Mary would say yes to these things. Uh, you know, so it's almost like he's kind of still trying to convince himself of all the things that his mother was telling him a few minutes back. Okay. It could be, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, the things that he's talking about is not something that you would necessarily do in one night, you know? <laughs> well, I wouldn't do them at night at all. Okay. I mean, like when I was watching this scene, I'm like, all right, that all sounds sweet and fine and all that. And and I mean, I I enjoy hiking. I I won't say that I'm a big time. I've seen pictures my, of you hiking. Yeah, my wife and I we like to go out on little excursions. I mean, we've got lots of trails and things here in Colorado and such. I mean, um, 
just a few weeks ago, we were up in the Boulder area and we did some hikes and that some places we had never been before. And, you know, it's great fun. Um, but, uh, you know, I would certainly wouldn't be doing them at night. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for one thing, there's animals out there, you know, I mean, That's right. I mean I'm, I'm sure I'm sure in New York, it's it's a little bit different, you know, outside Bedford, Bedford Falls, Falls. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like I, 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 I enjoy hiking, but I, I every time I'm out there, I'm still always kind of like looking around and going like, is there a bear somewhere watching me that I don't know about or a mountain lion or things like that? I mean, I, I always, I, I, I tell people all the time, I just continue to be floored by the fact that wow. I live in a place where we have lions that, that roam around, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's different than, you know, traditionally what we think of as a lion, but it's a mountain lion. It's still a lion. Um, you know, it could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so Stay I away get, from lions. I get there. I get a little nervous about the wildlife aspect of things. And especially, you know, if you're out there in the middle of the night, that, that would freak me out. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and plus too, just the, they talk about going to Mount Bedford. Okay. Which again, you know, Bedford falls is, uh, is fictional. We don't know. Well, exactly we have Bedford where. falls and Mount Bedford and, you know, yeah, we can't pinpoint exactly where it's at that we know it's in, upstate new york somewhere um i admit to being a little bit of a elitist when it comes to the term mountain <laughs> because like <laughs> i go what you have in upstate new york to a coloradan is not a mountain that's a hill <laughs> okay you know I, I, the things that we got a little bit west of where i am right now that's a mountain you know so, so yeah, I'm a little bit of a snob in that regard. I, I have a feeling that Mount Bedford is not all that imposing. <laughs> well, you never know. It could be for them. It's more imposing. I suppose that I, I mean, you know, I, I, I say all that, but it's not like I could conquer, you know, the mountains we have out here. I mean, I, uh, I have friends that will go and hike those mountain trails and go up to the summit of, of, uh, of a 14er. Uh, and you know, that's, that's not me. 14er is what we refer to as a, um, a mountain over 14,000 feet. And is, is um, that, is so, that scandalous behavior in, in Colorado? Oh no. I mean, that's your, your, uh, you, you're, you're some kind of special person. You conquering those four, 14ers. Uh, but, but yeah, I forget how many we have. Colorado kind of takes pride in how many 14ers they have. In fact, if you look at, you know, our airport in Denver has kind of the unique design that looks like a tent, uh, or looks like, you know, these circus tent type of design that's got these, these peaks to it. And th there's supposed to be one peak of the airport building that represents each one of the, of Colorado's 14ers. Mm. Um, so, but, uh, but again, that's not me. I, I like the flat paths, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but still I, uh, I, um, my lungs are, you know, over 30 years have adjusted gradually to being, uh, you know, over uh, a mile above sea level, but, uh, I still have weak, weak lungs and <laughs> can't necessarily do the high altitude ones as well. So, oh, well, okay. That, that, that is fair. But, but again, I mean, we don't know how far away it is to get them on Bedford and things like that. But I mean, you know, the, everything that he's, that he's, uh, suggesting here 
you know, on the one hand, you know, as, as you mentioned, this, this might be a nice date during the day, but, <laughs> but in the middle of the night to, to, you know, to go up to, you know, go swimming, he's, I assuming he's, he's talking there about going skinny dipping because yeah, they haven't talked about swimsuits at all. So, he didn't say, yeah. are you wearing your swimsuit with you? Now I, I don't know what a green <laughs> pool is. I looked it up and every single reference I got for green pool is basically an algae, uh, a pool that is filled with algae. Uh, that needs to be cleaned. Uh, yeah, you don't want to swim in that. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> so, so I'm not really sure what it is that they're referring to here. <laughs> that could be a great premise for a movie, though. I mean, you know, they go up and swim in the algae-infested green pool, and then you know, like superpowers, zombies, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and have to fight off the mountain lion that that uh, that is up there on on Mount Bed- <laughs> Bedford while they're smelling the pines. Exactly. And watching the sunrise. You know, make, makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, his – I'm not really sure. You know, towards the end when he says it'll be a scandal, it sounds as if he's more or less making fun of her. You know, from that – at well, that point. Well, I think, I think that the it would be a scandal thing, you know, I have to assume that since this is this is well into the evening already – they got to go off to wherever Mount Bedford is. They're going to do all these things he's talking about. The implication is that they would be out all night. Right. And so people are going to know they'd be out all night and then trouble. Right. Well, they want to watch the sunrise. So therefore, it, obviously, they're there all night. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you'd think that Violet is not really uh, a stranger to, to scandals in Bedford Falls. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she reacts here in a moment and she's, you know, she, she's not at all uh, upset about uh, about the scandal aspect of things. She's That's right. upset about taking her shoes off. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You go, Georgie, have you gone crazy? Why? Walking the grass in my bare feet? <laughs> Why? It's 10 miles up to and, and then we hear people laughing around them. Why? It's 10 miles up to Mount Bedford. Well, again, I can't blame her for not wanting to take her shoes off. I mean, there's all, you know, who knows what's in the grass? There's bugs and all kinds of things. Fireflies. You're not a hobbit. Come on. That's right. (laughs) Well, maybe she is. Maybe we don't know. Where's Samwise when you need him, right? Uh, You know, maybe she's got hair on her, on her toes. (laughs) Maybe that's why George isn't interested. I don't know. (laughs) But again, I mean, she's like, okay, I don't want to walk around bare feet on the grass, and it's ten miles to Mount Bedford. That's just absurd. And she goes, if you think, and what, what what's really funny is, is that we get a close up shot of the two of them as they're talking, and then as she's basically getting upset about this whole thing, and she says, if you think, then we get a wide shot. We see all these people that are around them. Somehow, miraculously, all these people showed up around them. I, yeah, I'm like. Boy, this is a nosy bunch of townsfolk here because they just kind of all kind of cluster around as these folks are having a conversation. I mean, you know, I mean, would you do that? And, they, and they're I mean, all laughing at go, the conversation also. I know. Would you be like, oh, yeah, whatever these people are talking about sure sounds interesting. I'm going to go I'm going to go look at them for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they must be starved for entertainment in in Bedford Falls. Nothing good playing over at the Bijou Theater. Well, I maybe guess. everybody knows that if Violet's involved, then therefore there's a reason to be paying attention. Ah, uh, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Of course, they they weren't interested when she was hanging out with two guys a few moments ago. It's only when she goes and hangs out with George. Well, come on, when you're hanging out with an MC of, of you know, a host of, of game shows, everyone wants to, you know, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. When you're hanging out with Jimmy Stewart, though, yeah, that's hey, a big deal. That's right. 25-year-old uh, George Bailey. <laughs> Uh sure he is. And then he, he just says, <laughs> okay, just forget about the whole thing and walks off as people are laughing. You know. Which again, I don't know why people would laugh at this whole thing. It's just it's it's sad, you know. It well, it's sad it's that, one of those... that that she she's refu- rejecting his proposition of, of an all nighter and people are laughing. And are they laughing at the fact that, that you know they're saying even George Bailey can't get a date with Violet? Or are they that, that okay even violet doesn't want to go out with george bailey well and it's one of those tropes that you see in movies all the time that and especially older films that i watch and i go were people really ever like that where they just you know outright just launch into big time just laughing <laughs> because this person does something that uh you know is is embarrassing or you know when people you know, fall and make a mistake, have an accident, things like that. I mean, it's just the go-to reaction, especially in old movies that people are just laughing. Oh, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, no concern or anything like that. And, and I'm just like, really? Were people that rotten back then? <laughs> Apparently know. in Bedford Falls there. Yeah. The dark side of Bedford Falls. You thought it was this nice, sweet little town where everybody knows everybody and and all that stuff. But no, they like to just gather around you right. and laugh. Just when you thought it was safe to walk through Bedford Falls, don't do it at nine o'clock at night. You know, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> That'll teach you to do things as ridiculous as go off and climb Mount Bedford. How dare you? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then the, the shop changes, and now we, we see uh, George walking down the street. He's got a stick in his hand, and he's uh, basically letting letting it go through the picket fence, you know, making a little bit of noise, banging it. You mm-hmm. know, not really sure what his plan is with that. And then we see that that the, I mean, I love the pivot of the uh, of the camera with this, and then we see. You know that he's got one hand in his pocket, and then he turns towards uh, a mailbox. And on the mailbox, did you see what it says on the mailbox? I did, but is it just the name, or it says Mrs. J. W. Hatch, uh-huh. which I find it very interesting because this is basically a way for us to the way to tell us that Mary does not have a father. Oh, true. Yeah. You know, because otherwise it would have just said Hatch or something like that. It wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have said Mrs. J.W. Hatch. You know, right, again, maybe right. they're divorced. Maybe, you know, who knows? The only thing we know about the Hatches is that they have two kids, Mary and Marty. You know, they, they were they were very, they found easy ways to choose names for their children. You know. <laughs> you don't ever see mailboxes like this anymore at least not where i live they all do kind of a a group mailbox uh you know where you have to go down to the to the you know the end of the block or whatever and everybody's got a small cubby there and you got to unlock it with a key and all that stuff now where i grew up everybody had a mailbox like this you know the mailman drove down the street and 
put stuff the mail in each box as they went down but uh but yeah they don't do that anymore at least you know not not if they can help it yeah i, I mean when i grew up in the states that's what we had also we had a mailbox like this with the with the little flag and stuff like that which i was i right. love the the idea of it and like every other winter the snowplow would knock it over you know your dad would have to go out and and you know put the thing back up at least that's what happens in chicago and my husband <laughs> wasn't necessarily the plow but there but it did get knocked down a few times you know and it wasn't because yeah. they were playing mailbox baseball or anything like that you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I when i whenever i see those that, that scene in in stand by me i always think about the you know the the poor people that that are that are waiting for their mail and don't realize that they no longer have a mailbox because it's been obliterated, you know. Do, do you know that there's actually a name for, for these type of mailboxes? No, I just always assumed it was just a mailbox. They're either curbside mailboxes or rural mailboxes. Okay. You know, and the whole idea you have a flag on the side that you, that in order to signal that you have outgoing mail. <laughs> and there are actually places that don't that don't allow you to to send mail anymore it's only receiving mm. so you don't even get the little flag That's anymore right. one of the few times i actually ever built a puppet because you know i i've talked before i'm a i i'm a puppeteer um and uh but i'm not a builder I, i've worked with a lot of folks that are really great puppet builders um but one of the few times i ever built a puppet that i was going to use it was a mailbox puppet it was like this because it was actually a very simple kind of construction to make uh just made the the mouth out of some foam board and and used craft foam to make the body of the or you know the actual mailbox part you know so it was very simple it was controlled with a it had a little trigger mechanism to make the mouth flap open and closed and such but uh it's one of my few proud moments when it comes to actually building a puppet because the thing actually worked oh wow <laughs> like i said <laughs> I, I could perform with them i i can't build them very well wow <laughs> and and therefore wait how, did, how does that related to to mailboxes just you mean you can't build a mailbox so you can build a puppet Oh, I, I can't, can't do either puppets. I can't, I mean, <laughs> but I, 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 but I did, I didn't successfully build a mailbox puppet. Uh, you know, so yeah. Okay. Do you, do you know that? Cause they have, the, cause it's, it's, I mean, it's like, I, I, you know, the, those mailboxes, the, the way those doors flap open, it just looks like a mouth. Right. It's like beakers, mouth, That's right. you know, on the Muppet show. Right. And actually, oh, oh, what a, now I'm flashing back here. Um, the, um, I remember from a kid watching, there's a parody film. It's a parody of, of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's called Closet Cases of the Nerd Kind. Mm -hmm. it, was on the, uh, it was on the same VHS tape that Hardware Wars was on and Bambi Meets Godzilla. Okay. And there's a sequence in that, that that pokes fun at the mailbox sequence from Close Encounters because, you know, the mailboxes are shaking and all that because of the spaceship and all that. So they have that same thing. The mailboxes, they're like this type of mailbox. They're shaking and the the flaps are going that. And then they're actually puppets and they start singing this like barbershop quartet song. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So the, the, the type of design for these mailboxes um they basically if you have a mailbox on, on your by 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 your door you can have it however you want there's no there's no real regulation for what type of design but if you have a curbside mailbox 
So you, it has to be a traditional dome, rectangular, or tunnel top design, which was first uh-huh. established in 1915. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure that part of that is why they call them like a rural mailbox. It probably has to do with the fact that, you know, if you're talking about like a farm out in the middle of, of you know, the wide open spaces and all that. You didn't do one of those mailboxes by the front door because then the person would have to drive down the little road into the farm way down to wherever the house was put in the mail and so they instead put the mailboxes on the and, on the and curb, get out of know, the truck. Yeah. i mean that, that was what, yeah. I mean, for me the you know when when i grew up in the states in the suburbs where you did have these type of mailboxes the whole idea was the mailman doesn't have to get up and get out of the right you know he just opens opens the the flap you know opens beaker's mouth puts the <laughs> you know put puts in the mail and then closes it and then puts down the the, yeah. the flag if you if if you have outgoing mail and stuff like that. And that's why the mail truck has the uh, you know the the steering wheel on the on the wrong that's side correct. on the right side, so the driver's sitting there where the boxes are. Right. It's true. Um, okay, so George is standing there looking at this uh, mailbox, which you know, as I said, gives us information that we never find out in the movie. The the fact that uh, Mary does not have a father. And mm-hmm. and then as he's standing there, we, we hear a voice. And we see there's a, there's a, we see a long shot of you know the, the window from the second floor opens up and we see Mary in the second floor. Now I love the way they do this, that they're having this Romeo and Juliet type uh, conversation uh, right on the street, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone can hear. You know, it's not in a secluded area. Yeah. And she goes, what are you doing? And again, with with lots of people passing by in the background. Oh, well, of course, it's a very busy town. <laughs> it's like, this, this is a very busy small town. <laughs> That's right. What are you doing? Picketing? Hello, Mary. Yeah. I, wah, wah. I, Picketing. Right. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to be passing by here. Yes. So I noticed. <laughs> Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up? And then she gets cut off. So again, I was thinking first about the, you know, the, the, this whole, this is a very strange conversation because George knows that he had an intention of going to Mary's. Mary, apparently, based on what we know now, and we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow, she she knows that George is planning on showing up. You know, so it's funny that she's standing by her window waiting for him to come in order to open up the window to have this conversation with him or spying on and him. dressed for the occasion too. Well, of course. You know? I mean, it's yeah. Well, of course, what, what else would you expect from, from Mary Hatch? Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's, there's nothing else that I would think, you know? <laughs> so what is picketing? Well, I mean, I always just took this as being a corny joke. Because, you know, he's hitting the stick against the picket fence. And so she says, are you picketing? <laughs> so um, the truth is, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying with that. I didn't even think about that. My my interpretation of it was is that he's pacing back and forth. You know, apparently this isn't the first time that that, that he's walking past her house. So maybe he's, you know, mm. walking back and forth. And it, it is the uh, structure of how one pickets, I guess you can say. Sure. Right. Right. You know, so, so picketing is a form of protest, 
where people congregate outside of a particular location uh, and they, they, they walk back and forth <laughs> with usually holding <laughs> signs. They, they try to be nonviolent. Yeah, but the sure the, the general idea is to, <laughs> exactly the general idea is to put pressure on the party targeted to meet particular demands or cease operations. You know, so I, you know, if she's asking if he's picketing, what does she think that he's trying to uh, uh, stop? <laughs> he's he's uh, protesting the uh, their upcoming relationship. I don't That's know, right. or he's <laughs> maybe he's there in pro under protest. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna marry you, but uh, you know, don't expect me to like it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely not what's happening. Uh, you never know. Could be. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you think is picketing legal? What do you think? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I. I, I mean, I've always assumed the basic answer to that question is yes, but I think it, there are also some, you know, things that like can can change that. I mean, like, like I don't know that you can technically picket a private residence. I don't know that that is technically legal. Okay, so I mean, it it is legal as long as you are not obstructing a highway or you are doing this as an intimidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because because it it uh, fits under freedom of assembly laws, you know First Amendment rights. Yeah. So you you can you know you can assemble wherever you want, but you know are you obstructing? What are you know like, what are you doing? Uh, you know if if you're if you're not if you're stalking, then that's a problem. <laughs> right, right, and I think that's why why you know some of the things I have heard when it comes to a, a person's residence where I think that's where that's coming from. Cause that's where you know, may be targeted at intimidating a person, right. you know, so. Right. Now, again, I would agree with you that my assumption is you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to go pick it in front of someone's house, but I guess theoretically you could, cause that's what George is doing. Um, <laughs> and he does have a stick. So, Hey, there's no sign attached to the stick, but he's got That's a stick. Right. <laughs> well, what what what's the phrase? Carry a big stick. <laughs> speak softly and carry yeah, a big. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Carry a big stick. And there you go. And that, that's what George does. George definitely speaks softly. You know, the only time we hear him raise his voice is when he's talking in anger about uh, Mr. Potter. Yes. You know, Henry F. Potter, Harry Potter. You know. Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, um, it's just funny that that you know he immediately lies to her. Do, do you think she buys this lie? Oh no, no. I mean, I think I think Mary knows, you know, all the the uh, the challenge here with with getting George to finally come her way. I think I think she's you know she's probably getting updates from from his mother. <laughs> I mean, for what we were talking about That's a few days ago. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Bob Bailey and Mary are very much in cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Ma Bailey said something. Maybe Mary said something to Ma Bailey and said, "Hey, uh, you know, why don't you get uh, George to walk up on my house tonight? I'm gonna." I'm I'm gonna try and butter him up. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Conniving, conniving. 
Um, all right, so that, that's pretty much I have all I have for this minute. You have anything else for this minute? No, I don't think so. All right, so every Wednesday, our segment is called "It's a Wonderful Wednesday." The idea behind this is that uh, you know th- this movie or the theme in this movie has been uh, copied, used, stolen, whatever whatever phrase you want to use for that uh, over over the many decades since this movie came out. Um, so every week I basically will discuss one of those times that this movie has been used elsewhere. Okay. Now, knowing that I'm having Todd on my show, so I needed to choose something that is connected to Todd when this comes to, <laughs> do, you, do you have any clue as to what I'm referring to? Well, I know you mentioned earlier something about puppets. So I've got to think this is having something to do with puppets. I'm, I'm going through my mind right now, trying to think, was there something with the Muppets or on Sesame street or something like that? So I'm, I haven't come up with it, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Okay. There is a Muppet movie from 2002, which was called, it's a very Muppet Christmas, a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Yes, the TV movie. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. And in this movie, um, basically, the, the Muppets are supposed to give a performance in the theater, and their theater is about to be uh, – is in danger of being torn down by this evil woman uh, played played by um, uh, Joan Cusack. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I, it's coming back All to right. me. And basically – uh, as this happens, uh, Kermit gets very upset and and basically says it's all his fault, and uh, he wishes he was never born. And as he says that, he is visited by an angel who basically uh, tells him that since you've said this, I now have to show you what your life would be like. Uh, you know what what everyone's life would be like if you had not. Uh, if you didn't exist, you've never seen this. I know I've seen I'm this. I, I know I have seen it, but I think I only saw it once. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's a little bit vague in my mind, but I do remember uh, when you said Joan Cusack, I was like, okay, I have a cl- clear memory of seeing Joan Cusack, uh, you know, with the Muppets at some point. Um, I mean, the Muppets have done several Christmas specials, um, I, I know the one, the one that's more recent that I've seen a lot more is there's one that involves like letters to Santa Claus that they're trying to deliver the letters that people have written to, to the North pole or something like that. Um, and then of course there's the classic, like, um, there's one called a Muppet family Christmas, which is where they all go to Fozzie bear's mom's house. And, uh, you know, like you have appearances from, the Muppet Show Muppets and the Sesame Street Muppets and the Fraggle Rock Muppets. And they all kind of are in this thing. And then, of course, there's the classic um, John Denver and the Muppets A Christmas Together, which, I mean, that CD gets played over and over again at my house every Christmas season. Um, but, yeah, this one, I, I was looking up here, 2002. Wow, it's been 20-some years from this one. I, I know I've seen it, but I think I only saw it the one time when it first aired. Okay. All right. So basically, the the idea is that that you know Kermit is visited by a guardian angel named Daniel, played by David Arquette, who shows him. You know, the problem with 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 this type of theme 
of you know being used in movies and TV shows is a lot of times, like in this movie, it's just the last few minutes that they 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 quickly show you right. you know how things would have been and stuff like that. Um, you know, they show that that uh, you know that that that, that some of the uh, Muppets have become destitute because they're they're no longer around. You know, they didn't they don't have Kermit around to help them and and. Definitely mm-hmm. that. And they basically used that same theme somewhat when they did the Muppets, the 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 kind of the relaunch movie that uh, in 2011. Um, what's his face? Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, because you see, like you know, uh, for example, Fozzie is is you know working in a cheap Vegas Muppet tribute act, for example, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, but the, you know, several of the other Muppets are, are kind of like, you know, not on the best of times because they haven't had uh, Kermit to kind of, uh, you know, guide them on things. Though some of them are doing tw- quite well. I mean, Gonzo becomes a, uh, a plumbing uh, mogul, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, some of them didn't do so hot without Kermit around. Yeah, exactly. So whatever, I mean, it's an interesting, uh, uh, tweak to this type of theme, but I mean, it was it was a fun movie to watch. You probably would enjoy it even more because of the fact that you're, you know, you're you're much more familiar with with the backstories of all the uh, all the 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 Muppets and stuff like that. I I just thought it was really funny when they were trying to get people to come onto. Basically, the the idea was that Kermit was trying to get people to come onto their show. So one of the people that they that he got in touch with was Triumph, the insult comic dog. You know, <laughs> I was just looking at the list of the cameos and I was like, oh, yeah, Triumph, the insult comic dog is in there, which is, you know, I mean, I laugh at that stuff. It's, you know, it's one of the I mean, let me put it this way. Robert Smigel is never winning any puppetry awards. You know, <laughs> all the years he's been doing that character and he ha- he doesn't have an ounce of puppetry skill, <laughs> you know, but I don't think he cares about that. But he's hilarious. If, you, if you've ever seen, if <laughs> yes. you've ever seen the, 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 the one where, where he goes in line to a, uh, I think a Star Wars convention. The, the, the is, Star Wars is hilarious. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's, that's uh that's fantastic yeah so and and what i found really interesting was that this was directed by kirk thatcher kirk thatcher are you familiar with who kirk thatcher is oh i know the name um i'm looking it up right now okay fill me in because i can't browse the uh wikipedia entry that quickly but okay i mean he he became very prolific in in the muppet world uh you know being a director and stuff like that but i'm oh i will always remember him he was he was a producer on star trek for the voyage home oh yes oh he's the punk he's the punk on he's the bus the punk on the bus and i don't know if you saw last last oh. year uh the uh picard did you, are you, are you did you watch oh i haven't i haven't seen any okay. of the picard so yeah in, in the third season of picard they go back in time to 20 i think it was 2022 2023 i don't remember specifically but they they encounter this same guy on the bus and it's also played by 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 <laughs> it's also played by him and i just thought it was just hilarious you know that they you know 40 years later they use him again as the punk on the bus you know <laughs> oh that is great i was actually i just i pulled up the wikipedia page and the picture of him on Wikipedia 
he doesn't look at all like the punk anymore because I mean, we're, we're 30 some years on, but he's wearing like a captain's yes. hat, like, you know, the captain and Tennille type of thing. And it looks like he is signing a drawing of, uh, of baby Sinclair from the dinosaurs show, which of course is another Muppet connection. Um, very cool. Yes. So yeah, that, that, that's the, the, the show that I wanted to highlight this time. Again, it, it was good. It wasn't great. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to order these, you know, you know when, when I get to the, to the end of the, the season and the final episode, I will tell everyone my, my rankings of all of these. Uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life uh, parodies, I guess you can say, or versions. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll just give my top five. Who knows? Well, you know, because I will be discussing 25 of them or something, 25, 26. So, you know, yeah. that, that would take a long time to, to, to sort through all of them and. And maybe I'll just do top five. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. I I admit that, I mean, this portion of um, Muppet history is a little dicey. They were kind of, uh, they, 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 uh, they didn't have a clear focus during this time. And there were some specials and such that they did during this time. Like there's the Muppet Wizard of Oz and things like that, which I think are they're 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 enjoyable, they're fun, but they're not at the level of of some of the classic Muppet okay. stuff. So That's fair. Um, okay, so Todd, do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can get in touch with Todd Lieben now? Yeah, so the blog is called Forgotten Films. It's at forgottenfilmcast.wordpress.com. The podcast is the Forgotten Filmcast. So find that wherever you find your favorite podcasts like this one and uh follow me on twitter at forgotten films that's films with a z all right and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie a minute you can find me on twitter you can find me on facebook and you can find me on my website moveraminute.com so until tomorrow hot dog hot dog i love you truly truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.